0: Hello and welcome again I'm very excited to get this next episode out to you already because the response to my last episode was really so overwhelming I want to thank you everybody my herbal sisters or should I say herbal sisters and brothers let's say herbal siblings well that sounds like we're a crazy bunch of kids which yeah maybe we are so welcome to the tribe if you feel at home here so yeah all my friends and all the feedback from colleagues um i have received so many wonderful messages on all channels via instagram and private message and email and everything so yeah thank you for the wonderful overwhelming feedback on my last episode i was of course i was hesitating you know to talk about a subject that is kind So sensitive and touchy uh, At the moment in the times we are living in And uh, yeah, I'm glad I did it, you know I'm glad I shared my personal journey So you can listen to the episode This one before that Which is about my experience Of having the Delta variant of COVID And the herbs I took um, Yeah, to help us all on this journey Me and my family in this situation We are all well, of course It's all fine So yeah, you can check out this, this other episode If you haven't listened to it and yeah today we're diving into another very interesting subject that I think a lot about and honestly I think I'm I want to bring it up because I could not have real discussion about the subject in the depth I I would have wanted to you know it's not kind of discussed in this way that I want to approach it and I hope I, I really hope in this episode I will manage to you know it's not at all my intention to create a polemic about what's better herbalism or homeopathy or um of comparing or setting up two uh, rival systems against each other or something i don't want to create um, any polemic about this but um, it is a super interesting subject that i'm so often confronted with and i just wish i could you know have a more in-depth discussion so i'm just gonna have it now <laughs> i decided and yeah i also i super hope you're gonna write me again and Please, I'm really. It's amazing to get this feedback from you, from all my listeners and friends and colleagues and everybody. So, yeah, it is really is, yeah very nourishing um, to yeah this whole subject of exploring natural healing. So yeah, let's dive into it and yeah, please, I mean, stay around uh, if you like homeopathy or not. I know there is of course already a big discussion: is it really working or uh, so? I'm not going to go down much of a rabbit hole uh, judging any method or anything but just to set in a way i'm gonna settle the bills a little bit with homeopathy i have used it in the past you know in my early days if you uh, you know i became a midwife in germany i'm born and raised in germany i became a midwife there so automatically you are in this whole situation between natural modern medicine and alternative medicine you are integrating both into your work as a midwife of course you are always uh, dancing on the line between those two systems and trying to make the best out of it for the woman for the pregnant woman during birth um, combining approaches using as much as you can natural techniques and working with prevention and having the full na- uh, modern medicine with all the surgery and all the pharmaceuticals and everything in the back to back you up in case you really need it so i'm used to being in this in it it is a field of tension you know of course it is because you have to make decisions and lives depend on it and uh, of course the midwife is is, is not alone in those decisions usually but i was also working as a home birth midwife so yeah imagine i'm very well (laughs) kind of um settled into this field between different healing systems and different approaches and what you could call this dichotomy between natural healing and modern medicine which for me does not exist in this black and white manner you know because I am used to using both alongside each other and of course they have both their validity and their uses and it's a big challenge you know to decide in which situation what You know, of course, you know, you have a car accident, you're not calling your acupuncturist to help you. In this case, you're going to get, call the ambulance and you're going to get stitched up and put back together again in a hospital. So, of course, we are very grateful for um, the modern medicine that we have with all the technology and everything. So yeah just to tell you a bit about the background that I'm coming from but imagine I'm trained as a midwife and I worked as a midwife as home birth midwife in Germany Germany is a very um, homeopathy friendly country let's say it kind of has a bit the roots in this wider culture and so it is very popular especially in Germany I would say so there is no way i would not have gotten in touch with it or not have learned about it working as a as a home birth midwife so of course my colleagues were all using homeopathy and they taught me how to use it and i had some courses here and there and some study groups about homeopathy so i was using it using it still in a kind of a bit of casual okay a bit more than casual way of course i was using it professionally and i was using specific things that are for pregnancy and birth and so on i mean it was never the biggest part of my training or of what I did overall I think as a midwife there is way more um, prevention and non yeah non medicinal um, things that you do so medicine is of course you real pharmaceutical medicine or homeopathic medicine or even herbal medicine so it was not a med- very medicine based uh, way of practicing actually as a midwife you have to way more is physically being there with a woman and helping her and you know helping her to latch on the baby and see if everything's working the baby's getting enough milk or uh, monitoring if the process of a birth is working what you have to do to get the woman comfortable and uh, to relax and to get into the process and uh, yeah release her fears and everything so we worked 90% I would say non uh, non-medicine based, no? be it homeopathic or pharmacological, no? so those were just of course actually complementary things that we used here and there in some situations they had the application and so on. But I must say you know today working as an herbalist and you know recommending herbs to clients for their better health and improvement uh, I do not work with homeopathy anymore in a professional way I mean I'm I might in my private life here with my family maybe give it here and there to the kids or something but and not even that honestly in 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 the last years I have completely stopped almost completely stopped doing that um, and have switched over to the herbs to the real material dose so I just want to explain in a way, also, why I stopped using it, why my focus is a different one now. Uh, I mean, it has never been my main focus, as I said, the homeo- homeopathy, but it is often in the Yeah, kind of public perception those things get muddled up together, you know I mean, I was introduced by a very nice colleague, but she said kind of ah, uh, By the way, this is Tamara. She's a doula and home homeopath and I was like what? (laughs) Like okay, the difference between a doula and and midwife is of course Yeah, just one of competence and and hierarchy you could say I mean we work in the same field So (laughs) this is not a big thing, you know to of the creative confusion between doula and midwife uh, of course we work in the same area but between an herbalist and a homeopath there is a huge huge difference and i just you know i mean then you know i really had to get up and say no no i do not work at all with homeopathy it's a totally different thing so you know let me explain what herbalism is phytotherapy would be the equivalent to herbalism in a way more modern expression that kind of stresses stresses a bit more. The evidence-based side also of herbs and herbalism. Uh, we have today many studies about herbs and all that. We also, you know, if I say evidence-based, uh, of course, thousands years of years of traditional use is also a kind of a proof and is is evidence that herbs do work. We also, we do not have access to all the studies that have been done in Ayurveda, in a different language, in Chinese medicine. I mean, nobody ever translated all the studies that were done on all those amazing Chinese herbs and Ayurvedic herbs that I work with a lot, that I use a lot for me and my clients also. So, uh, of course, we do not have access in many cases to those studies and um, yeah, um just the proof of thousands of years of use of course is also evidence but we have luckily we have about many herbs even scientific studies and uh, so this this base of science that yeah I mean I just have to say it you know homeopathy does not have a comparable amount of studies behind it so also from this side it's very different but this is actually not the distinction that I'm after here so I'm not weighing those two systems in terms of which is more effective which is better or you know I don't want to set them up against each each other and compare their uh, efficiency because I am NOT an expert you know I mean my skills were probably never so great in using homeopathy that I saw amazing results uh, with my pregnant women and during birth which I have to admit you know I was never sure you know did it work or I mean everything is so dynamic during a birth it changes from minute to minute you can have huge changes just because of the natural physiological pro progress and processes that the woman is going through so of course you can have an amazing shift you know from a crying woman that is uh, you know not coping well with labor and you you give her the little sugar uh, pill (laughs) which is the homeopathy uh, remedy maybe that you give her and oh, of course five minutes later she is just breathing relaxed she is sleeping she is you put her in the bathtub uh, you know I mean you have a very dynamic uh, situation during birth and even in pregnancy now nah, I mean I compare myself you know it's more like that I'm a fireman, you know, from firewoman, you know. It's more. It's actually you're attending an emergency. I mean, even in pregnancy, you have so little time. You have to turn around things quickly to get everything ready before birth and everything prepared, and uh, you are there helping in a very acute situation that is very dynamic so right now the field that i work in you know i work with uh, people who have maybe had a chronic disease for a very long time and they have tried many things and they are maybe frustrated that modern medicine doesn't have any answers and cannot uh, cure their problems or hormonal imbalances or whatever it is immune system deficits autoimmune diseases and things like that that uh, yeah unfortunately modern medicine does not have the one pill uh, solution and the quick fix and the miracle cure for it and neither do I but I know how to settle them back into a better state of health and yeah, activate their immune system or uh, balance their hormones or all those things we can easily do with herbs there's no doubt and I, yeah that's what I do every day so I have a situation I have a lot more time those people have Probably had those problems many months or even years even decades sometimes unfortunately and yeah then they come to me and we can slowly work it out and see what works you know in this situation that I'm now in I must say I have way more control or I have way more feedback about did it actually work was it the herb you know or wasn't it you know because if a woman comes to me and said I have had PMS the last 20 years honestly I feel just very bad and I suffer a week before my menstruation comes on, I have taken this and this and that and it didn't help and then she comes to me and maybe I give her something, she comes back after a month, it is still not better, I switch out the herbs and suddenly she gives me the feedback, oh my gosh, this was literally the first period I had in 20 years without cramping, without pain, without headaches, without feeling moody and being depressed and uh, the skin breakouts and all that and I'm like oh great so yeah i guess it was the herbs i mean it's pretty obvious that it was the right herb in this situation in the right dose and it did help so there is not this factor of ah we have a very dynamic situation like during birth it can everything can change from one minute to to the other so yeah i think you get my point here so the real difference that i want to stress here that i want to discuss here in this podcast primarily as I said it's not about which is more effective or is homeopathy effective at all or not I'm gonna leave this open to experts that have more background knowledge than I have in this subject but we have to understand they work really in opposite ways let's say they have the philosophy behind or the not the philosophy the mechanics of uh, the working is very different so it is in the word of her homeopathy that it cures like with like yeah homeo is the same literally means same uh, and homeopathy treats a disease with something that is like the disease or that would cause those disease symptoms normally but of course they use their medicines highly diluted It is also um, pretty much, you know, if I say diluted medicine, of course in herbalism also we have medicines that are very potent that we have to dilute, you know, that we have to be very careful about that even like a few drops could already kill you if you take uh, henbane or I don't know, you know, alkaloid containing uh, herbs, uh, certain alkaloids that are Can literally uh, cause death and and big problems of course we know also in herbalism we work sometimes with very dilute doses if it's a very potent herb but homeopathy is totally different you know they dilute down the actual substance to a level that there is I don't know call it an energetic imprint or something like that in the little sugar uh, um, pill that you give in the end or the in drop form or whatever there's also specific symptoms of uh, specific system of making those remedies of shaking them and counting and diluting further and further and further down so basically you take apart of uh, the 10 parts of medicine that you have created based on a substance let's say arnica and you shake it down and you dilute it down you take out one part again from the 10 parts and dilute it down further and further and further and further you go down a line you know there is a certain potency there is definitely not even a molecule of the material substance of the actual herb in there there is something like call it an energetic imprint or something like that also, other people might be able to explain this way more eloquently than I can. But um, yeah, so it homeopathy treats like with like. So you would use an herb, for example, that if I give you a material dose, a real dose, a herbalism dose, let's say, like a, the real herb to a person, it would cause fever and sweating and nausea or something. And then you dilute it down and then you give it exactly to a patient who suffers from those symptoms. So then you have a patient that has fever and sweating and inflammation or whatever going on and you give that herb that normally would cause those symptoms but in this very, very, very diluted form. Yeah, so there are it seems to be there is an exception to this rule. Yeah, so there is of course you also gonna say Yeah, yeah, what but I mean I give my kids Arnica Globuli, you know, the little sugar pills that it comes in Um, And Arnica is of course a wound healer in normal phytotherapy and herbalism We use it on wounds and bruises and yeah, normally not on open wounds though. You could I think personally but more like yeah on bruises and painful painful knees or whatever joint pain even broken bones or whatever like you could use Arnica topically or internally Uh, internally yeah internally it gets into this tricky zone it has to be used responsibly by a trained practitioner for that because it can have side effects internally Um, so yeah there we go into this direction again that we have to be careful with the dose and there has to be certain knowledge how to use it but topically you can use it anybody can go buy an Annika cream or anything a salve or an oil with Annika and put it on the skin over something that hurts you in the body whatever that is and uh, so now you say yeah uh, but I give Arnica you know to my kids if they have a bruise or a pain or something and yeah honestly (laughs) I also don't know how to explain this we would have to ask an, an expert but it's okay for our discussion today it is enough you know I mean there are certain more like general remedies in homeopathy you know you can use the arnica just for about any situation and there then there is more the in depth Homeopathy, you know the higher levels of homeopathy where you really you have to do a whole intake of the person And if this person is more sensitive to cold or to heat or how on which day is the pain is? stronger when it's a windy day or after they've eaten something or um, Yeah, is the pain hot and hot and stabbing or is it uh, kind of more a blunt pain or whatever you know there are certain details to the patient's tendencies so that normally you don't give a remedy for the disease but for this particular patient and other factors that play a role i mean this on the other hand is of course pretty similar also to other natural healing uh, techniques and also to herbalism and phytotherapy or naturopathic healing that you look at the patient and the whole picture you know do you have a person that has a tendency more to being hot or being cold or uh, by what is this whole situation being aggravated and all those factors of course you take into account and also for most situations we don't have this one remedy that you always give if somebody has a migraine but you know this could be like Uh, So many you could have a hundred different migraine protocols for a per uh, Yeah, for for hundred different people who have migraines But they have they're all different They're all taking completely different herbs because they have a totally different combination of symptoms and one has high blood pressure And the other has low blood pressure the age of the person plays a role and so many other factors play a role so in this case, it's also of course um, yeah, you could say similar but What herbalism or phytotherapy or natural healing, naturopathy, um, what it depends, uh, what it belongs to, let's say, is the allopathy yeah so allopathic medicine is the opposite of homeopathic medicine yeah so this is actually the big difference I want to stress and just point out because I think it gets confusing and it gets sometimes kind of muddled up and you know if you say you work with um, natural health then people assume if they live in a country like Germany you know where homeopathy is pretty popular in of course in a certain population not overall population but if you are working in a bit yeah alternative environment then you come easily into contact with and you know lots of people and all the moms you know that want alternative for their kids uh, alternatives to pharmaceuticals and they don't want to treat a fever with uh, yeah pharmaceuticals but they want to use homeopathic medicine so um, yeah this is the difference Allopathy versus homeopathy so two completely different treatment strategies yeah this is what I want to point out so it works very different in this sense yeah that you use highly diluted doses that don't leave a trace of the actual molecule of the plant in the remedy but just something like an energetic imprint. And I'm on the other hand, I mean, I'm also, I'm this type of herbalist, you know. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast for a while, I'm always stressing, yeah, please take the right herbs, but also please take the right dose. You know, if you take too little of something, so in homeopathy, it would be the more potent, the more diluted, you know. The more diluted, the more potent the remedy becomes, you know. They just keep shaking it down and diluting it down and creating those very high dilutions of a a substance and they say it gets more potent every time so for me it's the opposite of course the more of an herb you take the more of an effect or also potential side effect you can have yeah it's also I mean just to make this comment but yeah uh, working with homeopathy is pretty risk-free of course you are not Causing somebody to have a really adverse side effect. I mean they talk about of course sometimes you get an initial reaction that symptoms get worse and then they get better or something like that that is more a reaction of your body that you know also occurs under under, under different circumstances naturally. Even if you wouldn't have taken the the homeopathic remedies, this can of course occur that the disease gets really bad and really worse and then you get better. But uh, I mean more like real side effects, of course, you know, if we work with potent herbs and we get into ranges of herbs that are a bit higher, you can have side effects. Yeah, normally this is just like the most side effect, you know, I have seen is a slight digestive discomfort or maybe a headache or something. But um, so, real side effects of all those herbs that I'm talking about here on this podcast, I'm talking about very safe herbs that rarely cause any side effect. Yeah, but it is uh, in theory possible. Of course, and also it is in practice po- practice possible and does occur occur. Uh, so you have to have the knowledge. Even yeah, especially if you use more potent herbs, it's good. You discuss the dose with a practitioner, an herbalist, a phytotherapist, or somebody who has studied these herbs So I give you another example like for example um, The herb, the not the herb, yeah, it's an herb of course I mean all homeopathic medicines are based on herbs or substances, you know, these are also sometimes minerals or sometimes animal derived products, let's say like um, the bee poison, the bee venom, uh, apis or um, yeah, other things that are non-herbal but most of them are herbal like let's take Nux Vomica, is an herb that would cause you to vomit in a certain dose or pretty easily it contains uh, strychnine so Strychnine. How do you say that? <laughs> Strychnine. So it makes you vomit. And then, you know, homeopathy takes this herb that is obviously pretty toxic. And you would have, I don't know, even if it has in its raw material form, if it has any uses. I'm not even sure. Um, it could be, you know, with other herbs like belladonna. This is the deadly nightshade. You know, you can use it in its full material form as an herb to treat certain conditions, to treat asthma or it's just a strong sedative. It contains those tropane alkaloids, the atropine or the hyoscyamine, for example. It's called, the plant is actually called. Con- called atropa belladonna atropa belladonna so the deadly nightshade this would be used in herbalism very carefully and only by a trained practitioner and only for certain conditions where we really need this herb and don't have any safer options Uh, on the other hand homeopathy just dilutes it down to this no problem dilution you know i mean you cannot kill somebody with homeopathic belladonna for example Uh, You definitely you know, I mean you could provoke a side effect in this sense as I said more like a a natural healing reaction Kind of overreaction from the body and then it gets better or something But you cannot kill somebody with it. Yeah, or cause any damage with the real herbal belladonna If you use the real plant as a tincture the deadly nightshade if you would have this in a tincture form or something Then yes, you can cause harm and you have to know what to do and how to do it so this is one difference so if for example in homeopathy they have a person that is vomiting they would give exactly this herb nux vomica for example which is an herb that causes vomiting if you give the material dose but in this subtle dose let's say this energetic imprint that is is all there is in this homeopathic highly diluted remedy it causes the opposite yeah so because this plant knows how to make somebody vomit in this highly diluted dose this energetic information can somehow bring the person uh yeah to not vomiting to stop vomiting so that's roughly the theory i know i mean there are better homeopathic experts out there than than i am so i'm simplifying it but i hope yeah this leads to yeah hopefully that also people who listen to this and have not a lot of ideas about homeopathy homeopathy, maybe understand this more easily so i'm not getting into yeah too much of a detail it's also not my intention actually this episode i'm not making it about homeopathy i'm making it about this difference you know between allopathy and homeopathy because sometimes we even use this you know we set up natural medicine against allopathic medicine and by saying allopathic medicine often we mean if you if you read this on the internet or somebody discussing this you know maybe yeah I, I have even used this myself before being aware actually of the distinction you know um, allopathic of course modern medicine is also allopathic medicine this means you treat the disease you know you somebody has a fever you lower it you know in herbalism somebody is too cold you warm him up with warming herbs you do the opposite Uh, To bring the body back into balance. So this is, of course, yeah, kind of the more obvious, uh, simpler principle. It's it's yeah it has this logic now that you would just you know if someone has a fever you lower it if somebody has cold feet you warm them up or whatever No, if uh, somebody is vomiting you give an anti vomiting herb and not a pro vomiting herb so if somebody has inflammation you give anti-inflammatories so you treat every disease with the opposite action yeah if somebody has too little or more hormones let's say Uh, progesterone or whatever you give an herb that can mimic this action or can somehow bring the body to produce more of that missing hormone so this is allopathic medicine and I just want to stress yeah we cannot create this dichotomy of allopathic versus natural medicine because it's plain wrong most or a lot at least herbalism and phytotherapy and a lot of naturopathy Is also allopathic medicine so yeah we have to set a bit right our our definitions of certain things yeah I also you know sometimes I even personally I don't like the term alternative medicine because it sounds like there is the original system and then there's the alternative which is a bit fringy and a bit you know not kind of The proven real thing and of course this is painted all over in any kind of mainstream media it is often painted like this so for me it is not alternative medicine because I mean think about it yeah herbs are our primal medicine in the sense that we have used them since the dawn of human existence I mean it is just on the same scale as our food you know herbs taking herbs is also of course very food like and often herbs are nutritious and we have co-evolved with plants and I I often tell the story I'm not sure if I've mm, mentioned this in this podcast but you know at the At the middle at the center of our hemoglobin molecule in our blood the hemoglobin molecule it looks this molecule looks exactly exactly the same than a chlorophyll molecule of a plant with basically only one big difference or small difference actually it's it's the only difference in those two molecules of the hemoglobin in our human blood and the chlorophyll in the let's say the the blood or the life juice of the plants is that the chlorophyll molecule has a magnesium molecule in the middle and the hemoglobin has an iron molecule in the middle but those two molecules they look so much the same you know I mean it is direct proof of our deep deep kinship between plants and humans and that we have co-evolved that of course you know we have our body reacts to plants reacts to plant chemicals knows them intimately depends on them wants them craves them needs them for rebuilding health and maintaining our health in a food-like way or in more a medicine oriented way in both ways you know we have just co-evolved with plants and imagine i mean people have always humans have always taken herbs for their health so i'm also Yeah, that's why I said, you know, I'm gonna settle the bill with homeopathy because we really have to get this uh, record straight You know, Uh, we are talking about such a huge system like herbalism and phytotherapy And as I said, you know, this is our primal medicine since the dawn of human existence I just have to repeat that and homeopathy is a tiny little fringe therapy (laughs) Okay, yeah, I know I will have to say sorry for saying that but it is, you know, just the size, the scope, the importance, the historical importance, you know, homeopathy is of course much, much, much younger and just was invented, I don't know, hundred years ago or yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but more or less it's it's like that and not, you know, the dawn of our evolution. So this is a big difference no? like you cannot really compare them in their importance for human health, I think. So I think herbs you can't live without plants and herbs you know hopefully at least you you use plenty of uh, plants and vegetables in this food-like way as teas as just your daily routine to keep everything working to get all the phytochemicals that we know they are just as essential to our body as the essential vitamins and nutrients that we know of scientifically we know there are many plant chemicals that we just equally depend on for our health our body cannot work without it so you know if you have a body in this depleted state that those Chemicals have been, uh, those phyto, yeah, phytochemical substances have been missing because we haven't ingested them in our normal uh, food, and um, we have this problem of a real deficiency of those components we cannot i would say we cannot cure this disease with just a little homeopathic sugar pill that gives an impulse you know it probably if it works yeah as i said i'm totally leaving this open i haven't drawn any conclusion i don't have the need to draw any conclusion about if it's effective or not but you know if it works it works in a way to stimulate the the body's own response which of course is also a very big part of herbalism of natural healing uh, the body is in the end doing the healing work and hopefully we can give the body everything that it needs to do the healing work and to even heal chronic diseases uh, in an advanced stage it's all possible we know this is happening and has happened happened and it is more the actual response of the body than the medicines that we are giving you know the medicines are yeah initiating this process or bringing the body back on track and giving the body the nutrients and the phytochemicals that can yeah, set us up for, for this direction. So homeop- homeopathy works only in this energetic way, it's not giving us any food like or nourishing uh, or yeah phytochemicals that fill a gap in our body that our body needs so i don't think we can cure everything with those more energetic and subtle therapies so this of course goes also for other more yeah i call them subtle therapies just i don't want to call them you know esoteric or energetic or you know there there would always be somebody you know not liking this definition uh, but like yeah if you dilute a medicine it is very subtle yeah so subtle is maybe the best expression I have and also in Ayurveda you know they work with with a gemstone therapy or they recommend shining blue or green light on somebody to lower their pitta their their heat or whatever and these are all things you know yeah they they work in a way uh, but modern people are often so sick I mean of shining a little blue light on them or putting a gemstone on their chest or something It's maybe not gonna make such a big difference, you know, if they are actually or you need a lot of it Yeah, I, I don't know and then modern people of course don't have the patience You know to follow through with that and not seeing any results in a month or two or three at most so I personally find in my work today with clients I need more actual workhorse herbs and i i said this in last in my last episode also yeah my workhorse herbs you know the herbs that can pull the plow that i know they work they all they do they're pretty much really reliable have a certain action on the body or they give the body what it needs to do the healing job so more this material dose of herbs that i find useful in my work of course i mean i'm also not saying this to set anybody up against me or my theories because uh, yeah there's probably wonderful people out there that work very effectively and do amazing work also with more subtle therapies than those than that I use but it's a yeah it's a let's say like this it's a kind of a um, a progression or a scale on which um, you work with somebody who is ill. Yeah. So let's say in the beginning you have those subtle imbalances. You just Maybe don't have the energy during the whole day or you get tired after lunch or you get often a headache or those subtle signals That basically we modern Western people we just ignore or we treat it with some conventional Analgesics or we have a coffee or you know, we kind of brush them off. Yeah, so we also often don't have much chance you know in this phase or much consciousness basically to work in this stage with the more subtle therapies that maybe in this stage would actually of course still work you know so if you in this stage decide you take a half an hour walk in the forest every day and you do deep breathing while you're walking uh, or you start meditating or you um, take a bath with essential oils to relax when you come home after work um, So yeah, those very kind of yeah wellness subtle therapies They would be effective probably in this stage you are in your early 20s uh, and you are pretty healthy, but you feel yeah I'm working too much. I have too much stress. I have too many headaches uh, I have things already a bit going out of whack in my body Uh, But usually, you know, we brush it off, uh, our symptoms only get worse over time and then we're in our 40s and 50s and 60s and then suddenly, you know, we're already uh, stricken with uh, a whole slew of chronic disease and most people don't have even one thing, you know, they have like three, four, five different issues in different parts of the body at the same time. So in this phase that I'm in my work more confronted with, yeah I don't know if I would just put out pull out the aroma lamp and uh, recommend some soothing calming oils to inhale though this could uh, and is part of protocols you know this is definitely part of something and I mean it would be great you know if we could all get back to perfect health with those more subtle therapies because also the more subtle a therapy as I said the less damage the less side effect uh, it will have also on the other hand and um, the less you need a, a trained practitioner to yeah definitely you do not need an expert to prescribe you walks in the forest or swims in the ocean or things like that so those is this this is the important medicine and I'm I can very much understand you know many of my colleagues put an emphasis on this realm of therapies you know and of going out there and picking your own herbs that grow in your garden and you know just do basic health maintenance get the nutrients from plants connect to the plants hug the trees and all that this is awesome but it is often it is sometimes not enough yeah it is there's definitely situations just as I said you know sometimes my herbs are or in, yeah, in, in, in many cases you know my herbs are also not enough and there is a situation where a person has to go to hospital and get surgery or even chemotherapy or other things that are very invasive so yeah we have a scale there now we have kind of a, a hierarchy of treatments and it is on one hand, yeah, it is very important to know where where are you standing? Yeah, how sick is this person? how how sick are you yourself? and get clarity about that and get clarity about, yeah, can you resolve ultimately, can you resolve this with lowering your stress and lowering uh, getting more nutrients into into your body? And surely many diseases and issues that modern people have, we can actually. Uh, we could resolve them only with nutrition, but it would take two or three years, yeah, or I mean with very diligent effort, and it depends what the person has, you know you can get some results after a year or even sooner, of course, also in some cases, I'm not saying, uh, but are you gonna go down this route and yeah hoping that the person's gonna make the effort and cleaning up their diet and having the perfect diet, having the perfect lifestyle, always meditating every day and not stressing and having walks in the fresh air and, and all that. So you know, or you do you need something that works a bit quicker that just gives the person also this sense of wow, this is working, I'm feeling better, this was an effective remedy that turned around my symptoms in a few days or you know, some herbs do this in, in minutes, sometimes it takes hours sometimes it takes weeks to kick in but this is still pretty fast for somebody who maybe has been suffering the last decades from some chronic complaint that is not going away so we want to give of course people also this uh, quick successes so they stay motivated to keep working on their health and then hopefully someday you know they are back to just diet and stress reducing subtle therapies So I hope you are still with me. You're already noticing this episode is of course way a lot more meta or yeah, it is actually directly meta talking about uh, natural healing. And this is a very unpractical episode. You might think, you know, I'm not giving you the herbs for this or that or uh, practical tips that you can apply tomorrow, which is normally uh, yeah, I would say it's it's my focus on this podcast in general So you can check out the other episodes that are maybe way more practical And yeah, actual approaches and actual herbs And we're talking more like actual treatments So today, yeah, I'm going deep into the philosophy around natural healing And the background and those distinctions So yeah, I hope you are enjoying the ride And as always, I'm very grateful for feedback So please, my email is tamara at herbalhelp.net Tamara at HerbalHelp.net the last part is of course also my website which you can visit and yeah send me an email send me an email or also through Instagram if you want it's Herbal.Help on Instagram and yeah give me some feedback about this episode please if you found this interesting so um, yeah I am very would be very happy to engage into more discussion around this uh, subject so I just remembered another example that makes it very clear circling back to the distinction between allop- allopathy and homeopathy and um, the different approach that homeopathy uses so There's for example, as I said, there is the remedy the homeopathic remedy of bee venom. It's called apis and This is actually the remedy you give if somebody has a bee sting so, you know that you can literally see what this principle means of like treats like so you're actually treating a bee sting with a highly diluted form of the bee venom so this is yeah probably the best example to see what I mean or what this word homeopathy actually means so just yeah circling back um to stress this point a bit more and illustrate it a bit more so yeah and um, well about as I said you know I'm not going to discuss the value of homeopathy in general i think there are levels to to treatments you know there are certain applications as i said but i must say you know i'm this is just a very personal thought that i'm expressing right now you know i feel a bit a little a pity you know i think it's a bit sad if i see Especially, you know, I said homeopathy is very big in Germany, you know, mothers are taking care of their kids And I think it's beautiful, you know, they put so much study, so much effort Uh, Really, some of those moms, you know, and my friends and everybody They get to a pretty good level, maybe, or I'm not exactly sure But they put a lot of effort, you know, in having all those homeopathic remedies at home And sometimes I wish, you know, sometimes, honestly, I'm going to admit this here, you know I wish people could discover a bit more the actual herbs and actual herbalism you know there is so much focus on those in the end you know homeopathy is also just an extract you know Um, yeah it's not the real plant it's not like it grows outside you don't know how is the smell of Arnica you know if you use the homeopathic uh, globally it's it's a plant without smell without color without a form so I have this wish, you know, to make um, herbalism and phytotherapy a bit more popular, you know, to see, yeah, you can, you know, give your child the real Annika salve. you know, learn to make an herbal-infused oil or um, all those techniques where we actually are in touch with the plant, um, you know, in, in homeopathy, we don't even know how the plant looks like, where it grows, under which conditions, what is the color, the smell, the scent, it's like, yeah it's a bit removed you know it's um, it is a milder technique a milder form of treatment I would say for me always you know the real herb are in a way kind of more powerful or more in this you know they can also be toxic and all that what I said uh, some wouldn't also would not agree with me I I know maybe would think that homeopathy is kind of the stronger medicine but it's definitely kind of the less invasive medicine in this sense that it would not cause um, big side effects or something but yeah this loss of the sensual you know of the actual herb of the smell of of everything so I would hope you know that maybe people Would in this situation also turn to studying more the actual plants or aromatherapy is actually it's the same It's the same example, you know, I could also even yeah talk about aromatherapy It's we have the extract, you know, we extract the essential oil the volatile oil, which of course is a precious Precious part of of any plant that has those Intense smells and wonderful aromas and everything. It's wonderful, but you know, we learn complex uh, yeah we read complex books about aromatherapies in the end yeah we have like 20 30 40 bottles of essential oils at home and trying to use them for certain uh, uses I mean it is so much there is so much to using, so much more to using the whole plant with all the components, with the water soluble uh, components. Um, you know the essential oil is just the volatile part, it's just uh, the part that would dissolve in oil if you put it into um, a base oil or something. So you have other parts that are only, are only soluble in water if you make a tea or you have other parts that are only soluble in alcohol for example or in, in another menstruum. So. Um, there's always it's a lot more if you can work with the actual herb so yeah you see I have a bit my own agenda here with this episode of course my yeah secret motivation you know because uh, it's really yeah I feel I feel a bit this grief this sadness you know that we have lost um, so much of our kind of ancient Knowledge about herbs, and, you know, I, I would wish I, I would have more would have been passed down to me Maybe, you know recipes from my Grandmothers, I know they have used herbs. They have used many herbs and you know of some of, of the preparations they did I I know I they yeah, they had a lot of knowledge also food preparation and u- using plants and herbs For medicine and food so uh, of course, you know, we have such a rich it's just such a rich uh, heritage and it's not a trend It's not something that comes and goes, you know, herbs have been with us forever since the dawn of time so We we shouldn't lose it, you know, we shouldn't Yeah divert our if we're diverting our attention to more yeah fringy things or reduced and um, extracted and diluted and yeah i don't want to dilute the herbs yeah that is actually my message i mean you can of course it's it's as i said you know it has it has the applications and it's it's great and i mean um they there is definitely it's okay that there are more and other and diverse therapies other than herbalism and phytotherapy of course I mean it's it's amazing you know that we have uh, options and choices and depending on the situation you know we can choose but I just would wish you know that we go back more to the actual herb or for me let's say you know for me this was the revelation, this was the thing and, and, and I, I wish I had discovered this uh, a bit earlier and um, learned more about herbs earlier on in my life definitely. I mean I'm glad I did now and I, I delved into it deeper and it's just this whole, yeah, s- such a rich tradition that opens up to you, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. You can anywhere, it's not a fixed set of rules, you know, herbalism is not... That's the way it is and that's how you use this plant, you know, because you go uh, to one uh, culture, let's say you go to China, you ask them, oh, what do you do with hawthorn? Yeah, hawthorn is the uh those red berries with the thorny bush you know they use hawthorn for the digestive benefit because it's a sour herb so it can maybe stimulate the digestive juices and it's used as a digestive herb so you go to a more western country let's just say you go to england you go to germany you ask hey how do you use the hawthorn what do you do with it traditionally in your culture and they say oh it's our superb premier heart medicine it's the herb for the heart you know we treat anything from high blood pressure uh, to heart disease with hawthorn yeah and i mean even I, I i say this because in germany even conventional doctors your your normal family doctor would prescribe you a hawthorn extract from the pharmacy just alongside your other whatever beta blockers or whatever he gives you on top just to make sure that the blood pressure goes down quickly you know but he gives you still he gives you the hawthorn also and tells you yeah and take the garlic take the hawthorn for your heart health for your arteries and everything so we have use this forever uh, for the heart and in Chinese medicine it's used differently that doesn't mean oh didn't they notice it's so amazing for the heart yeah Chinese medicine has plenty of other very effective herbs for the heart also and we here in western herbalism we have also plenty of other herbs that are amazing for the digestive system so it's just such a richness in how the herbs are used and that you can in theory you know if you have to Uh, You know, you can cure yourself with the herbs that just grow outside your house or in your neighborhood Uh, If it's that what's needed you go for it, you know, do it find out how those herbs are used and I mean, you know personally, of course, I've worked a lot with the Ayurvedic herbs and uh, usually my patients have to my clients have to buy the herbs uh, in packages and I'm not going to tell them yeah go outside and pick some plantain or whatever I mean sometimes I do if I feel the openness if I feel you know there is the possibility and it's growing at that time and I know where to harvest it or why don't you plant some calendula or plant some St. John's wort in your garden or even in a pot on your window in your kitchen you know there are so many options so many possibilities we can engage with the herbs we can actually see them and smell them and work with them and take them in different preparations as a tea and infused into oil on our skin and everything Uh, there is no other system you know that has this richness and this big tradition you know that you can you will find I mean ask your grandma uh, ask ask your grand-grandma if you are lucky enough you know to have one and go 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 back in history you know you all all the people in your family uh, have forever and always always use use the herbs that grow locally and that grow around them and there are so many uses you know I mean I have sometimes it's, it's super interesting also um, I, I, you know it's, it's grateful it's um, I'm grateful it's perfect we have all the access you know I can order ashwagandha from India I mean, you can buy ashwagandha here in Europe of course without any problems I have access to all the Chinese herbs I have access to all the Western herbs also they're already harvested you know I mean try to pick your own nettle and dry it it's a bit work, you know, you have to put your gloves on, you have to dry your nettle and uh, properly, you know, don't get it too brown and, and too dry, don't Dry it in the shade and all those I mean it's a lot of work so I mean even herbs that maybe grow around me I just buy my pound of chamomile just to have it you know because I couldn't harvest enough this year or whatever so this is wonderful but sometimes I actually have been in the situation I have a client over the phone somebody tells me oh I have this bladder infection it's actually almost a kidney infection it's really severe I've had it last year I have it again I just want to wait this one more day before I take the antibiotic please tell me something I can try out I don't have time you know I cannot order anything I don't live close to a health uh, store that sells herbs I'm here at home here where I am I have a supermarket and I have whatever grows outside plants I don't even know now this is what the patient tells me you know they can't buy anything but they have a bladder infections or almost kidney infection and I have To tell them something or tell them I can't help them and to get the antibiotics straight away so I was presented with this challenge actually lately and it was super fun for me you know I had to think about an herbal protocol for the bladder infections uh, slash kidney pain to treat effectively and yeah radically effectively you know this was also not a situation for subtle therapies um, like only like warmth and drinking a lot and warm teas and all that of course no, is also important, but we were past this stage that this alone would have helped So I couldn't order the D-mannose or no, which is an amino acid that is used for treatment of um, bladder infection very effective I love it a lot and I wish I could have given this to the woman, but she was not living close to me So yeah, I had the option we have herbs from the supermarket or anything that grows outside. So yeah, the final protocol I made up for her, I think it was actually plantain from the garden. Yeah, so this is plantago, plantago lanceolata or plantago mayor. In German it's uh, spitzwegerich or breitewegerich so plantain from the garden as a demulcent So it's a vulnerary herb also that means it heals the membrane so if you drink a strong tea or just over the day a lot of the plantain made as a simple tea you have this action on the bladder that it will reduce the inflammation it is a demulcent, so it means it creates this soothing slimy environment in the bladder which is good to heal the membranes to heal this tissue. And yeah it's it's a vulnerary herb so it's just healing in itself also you can use it for wounds and for mosquito bites and bee stings and all kinds of stuff so it's a healing herb so plantain from the garden the good thing is it grows basically the whole year in in warmer climates or yeah really like from spring to October in in temperate climates so it's very likely that this client could go outside and actually pick some plantain or somebody could pick it for her while she is with a hot water bottle in her bed and uh, yeah hopefully uh, resting because of her bladder infection so plantain was one part of the protocol then I asked her if she can go to the supermarket and buy turmeric a good amount of turmeric you can find it in the supermarket of course it's a culinary spice and also poppy seed and then what, 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 what was the rest I think probably garlic and ginger which she had at home already so she just ate a bunch of garlic for the antibacterial action and lots of ginger also for the immune benefit and uh, no, actually, ginger. Ginger. I'm not even sure if it was part of this protocol. Ginger is also a bit heating after a while. So yeah, it is also a bit anti-inflammatory. But the turmeric is generally way, way more potent than the ginger for the anti-inflammatory action. So I gave her the turmeric, and she had to take like two tablespoons, and even kind of repeating the dose, maybe even two times two tablespoons of turmeric per day, taken in a golden milk like with some plant milk and water, some cinnamon, some black pepper, to increase the absorption of the turmeric. So she drank that and that alone was a huge success and she said, wow, she could really feel the pain becoming less intense and everything kind of, yeah, loosening up. Uh, Yeah, she felt better already after a couple of hours after the turmeric drink. And then she took the poppy seed for pain relief and to sleep. And she woke up the next day and she said, yeah, she did not have to go to the doctor and get the antibiotic. It was really, yeah, I mean, she took those herbs really very frequently in a high dose and a lot of tea and and all that. So she was also very diligent. She knew how critical the situation was because she just had this the year before and also I told her you know tomorrow you go to the doctor I mean I'm not taking any responsibility for this case this is if it's in the kid with kidney pain and everything it's already out of my scope actually and but you know try it for a day and tomorrow you promise me you go no and she said no she really she woke up so much better she didn't have any pain and she took the herbs of course for several more days to make sure everything's fine and it was fine so yeah just to say you know that's that's the creative way that's how creative you can get with herbalism it just fascinates me you know you I can make your protocol just from the supermarket if you put me this challenge you know if we have the situation that you cannot buy anything around you or on the internet that we don't have time then I make you a supermarket protocol (laughs) or a garden variety um, protocol where yeah I have to think where do you live and what is growing at this time around you and yeah I mean this is just what I love this brings this this sensual aspect you know sensory and sensual and you know just tactile and everything it's like smelling the herb seeing the herb and this huge variety and huge richness in our human history how we have used the herbs how herbs have helped us and uh, yeah how they have always supported our health to a level you know I mean I hope we don't forget you know I hope we can re-remember and we can relearn those skills I mean luckily lots lots of knowledge is probably lost you know lots of this history uh, is lost and books were burned and witches were burned and so but we have also a lot of we have lots of information it is there it's out there you know you can study about herbs you can go out and identify the plants that grow around you you can get a book about herbalism you can take a course or whatever listen to my podcast so yeah those are always yeah i would just hope you know we we don't forget and we get back to our roots literally and yeah down to earth herbalism so (laughs) yeah so yeah and in the end you know the most important thing is to choose the appropriate therapy for any given situation there is of course we call this you know in natural healing we call this the therapeutic sequence um, it's kind of the options that we explore it's like the first principle you know is do no harm and to start with the, the least invasive medicine so the yeah, the therapeutic uh, sequence would be like from like gentle, very non-invasive therapies or um, things we can do. I know um, Susan Weed, the herbalist Susan Weed, she has adapted this the sequence and called it the seven rivers of healing it's kind of the metaphor she uses and her first step is you know embrace emptiness you know this is even it's a step even before you do anything you know you feel i mean i wish we could all you know i wish i had rebalanced my health uh, when i had the chance to do it with just embracing emptiness. <laughs> now I'm far away from that, you know, and I have to do way more things to keep me healthy and get me back to health and all the things that I, I had to do, you know, to get back to health was more than embracing emptiness. But this is the first step, you know, ideally we notice we are too stressed, we're too tired, something, you know, even before that. And you embrace the emptiness, you just do nothing you know you first listen to your body you don't even search for things to do or um, medications to take or herbs to take or whatever you listen to your body and you explore this this situation you know and it it really might be you know you go on a walk and you hug a tree and you come back and and your energies are restored you know if you are in this early phase of feeling some stress and having some fatigue and doing a lifestyle change or you know making uh, i don't know making making subtle changes and working with those more subtle therapies of course this is effective if you are in this early stages of imbalance of health yeah then the second step of the seven river metaphor of Susan Weed is investigate your options you know you're also not even deciding or doing anything invasive but you are already uh, yeah investigating the situation what can be done what yeah what are your options how bad is it you know in in which ways you have to to go on from here and then the third phase would be restore the energetic connections so in this field you know you see the third step of seven steps is the level I would put the homeopathy in <clears throat> but not the not phytotherapy homeopathy the to restore the energetic connections of course herbalism plays in you know if you go on a herb walk and you pick some herbs and you hug a tree you know this is also restoring the energetic connections of course yeah so homeopathy would be in this uh, level placebo faith prayer superstition uh, anything like that and, and without any judgment you know just Saying on this level, you know, I don't know, gemstone therapy, hydrotherapy ther- or subtle things like that that are effective, that do work. We know they work. Sometimes we need a lot of it so we get an effect or sometimes we are too advanced that alone this could help us, as I said. But this is restore the energetic connections. This is how Susan Weed puts it. And I think, yeah, it's kind of um, the just this level of, of healing, the third river of healing. Then you have the fourth river of healing which would be strengthen and feed your health so here we get in the area where i would say phytotherapy herbalism diet you know herbs that we use in a food like way a nourishing way you know um, even taking some vitamin supplements in a kind of medium average normal dose you know there's also high dose nutrient pharmacology which works with higher doses. We have talked in the last episode about the vitamin D in a bit of higher dose than the normal physiological dose. So we are pushing the limits a bit and we're getting higher. So the fourth river is still not in this area, you know, where I would give any kind of high dose vitamin D or any vitamin or supplement or amino acid or anything. But in normal doses that we know are totally safe without any side effects. So those first Four steps, uh, four rivers, let's say, of the seven, they are completely, there's no, there's no side effect. There is for sure no harm to be done with all those therapies. Uh, they are completely safe. They are completely non-toxic. They only create and feed and restore the health so that's of course wonderful of course we should always work in those first four rivers if we can yeah of course the thing is yeah is it enough Or do we have a more serious situation where it's not enough? This is the big distinctions we have to make. And of course, there is this critique also in modern medicine, you know, that sometimes, of course, I mean, I worked in a midwife, as a midwife, I know very well that many women, for example, have a cesarean birth and it was not necessary. Yeah, it was totally taken out of uh, extreme precaution or even a misinterpretation or even just impatience or even just because the shift ended and you know yeah well it's it's a fact so we know that people get invasive therapies or also even diagnostic methods can be pretty invasive and can cause harm you know if you have a colonoscopy and uh, yeah, the patient can die, you know, it's, it's yeah, so, and so many, certain percentage has a severe complication from even diagnostic methods, so you always have to think, no, is it really indicated or, you know, that you do the mammogram or do you, any diagnostic uh, procedure yeah, some are more invasive some are less invasive it's good to reflect and to to yeah work by this principle first do no harm so of course it's it's wonderful if we could always stay in those first four rivers and some therapies sim- simply focus on those first four rivers and it's it's wonderful because this is what we mainly need and should use as our primary health care and you know luckily we could detect our imbalances as early as early enough so that this is enough yeah of course this is not enough if we have a very acute situation you know if you have that car accident or that infectious disease uh, that is very severe or you know situations that change from one day to the other that you you're not going to change your diet or you know you're not gonna only take the vitamin c or whatever you know you probably have to jump into those Last three stages those last three rivers five six and seven uh, Right away. Yeah, it's not always a progression. You know, it's not always that I can say so Okay, first let's embrace emptiness and let's sit here and just you know meditate. Yeah, and um, Engage the energy just with ourselves without any herbs without any homeopathy You know, it's normally not what I do. You know, (laughs) if I talk to a client I know we are already in a different stage. You know people come to me because they have already most of the time, years they they have a certain problem. Sometimes months. Yeah. Also, you know, you're not going to sit down investigate your options if you just had a car accident. You know, you're going to call the ambulance right away, and you have to jump maybe to the seventh stage of this seven rivers of healing or this therapeutic sequence, which is more or less. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Kind of Susan Wheat has, uh, yeah, added her interpretation and her structure to it. But it is a, yeah, it's a common naturopathic um, Principle and is yeah, taught in naturopathic schools, So it's yeah kind of common Common consensus in in this area. So yeah, of course we want to stay in those first four rivers of healing and in the fourth river I see myself in the four, fourth and fifth actually I see Herbalism and phytotherapy. So homeopathy is in the third river of healing yeah remember so this would be restore the energetic connections this would be the level of homeopathy and then the fourth is strengthen and feed your health with diet or with herbal medicines supplements vitamins in kind of moderate doses and the herbs the category of herbs that we would use in the fourth river of healing to strengthen and feed would be you know really the 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 wise woman tradition of herbal healing you know you make your long infusions of nourishing herbs like nettle and alfalfa and yeah kind of milder herbs but that you drink regularly that give you the health benefits that have a subtle or a medicinal action in this sense but without any side effects it's like yeah the more you take of them the better actually you know it's just take them regularly every day take them uh in a food like way add some spices to your food and some herbs to your food so this would be the fourth river of healing then the next phase which is still also herbalism covers those fourth and Fifth uh, stage or river of healing is inside strong responses. So here we are already with kind of more targeted herbal medicines that could even have a side effect. You know, even if I have to, let's say the patient is not sleeping, I need a sedative. I need to help this patient sleep because it's of course very critical to our health and the body cannot do the healing work if you're not sleeping properly. properly. So we are basically treating a symptom uh, to just get this person back to balance so i'm maybe sedating the patient with a strong or yeah with a sedative herb and of course this can have a side effect you know this can be too much or um, I mean it's probably it's not going to cause any harm because of course you're doing this not without supervision so it is still a risk that is you know we can kind of calculate it but you are sedating or you are maybe stimulating you know you're giving somebody something to get through the day to have more energy but it's on the symptomatic level Uh, we also have the tonic herbs you know I talk also a lot about adaptogens I have another podcast episode about adaptogens which are herbs that have this tonic effect they strengthen us and those would be still more on this nourishing side but also sometimes you know I give higher doses of an herb yeah let's say I mean just a tonifying dose of ashwagandha is maybe five grams or so but if I use if I use 20 grams 25 grams I use it already in um, yeah a more serious uh, way and I want other actions from it you know I also want to treat the anxiety of that person or some other benefit that this adaptogen might have despite the mere kind of tonic, you know, nutritive action. So we are here in this category to incite the strong responses where we are already giving herbal medicines that can, that restore, but they also can erode our health. You know, if I overdo it with the laxatives or I overdo it with the sedatives or I overdo it with the energizers, then I can have problems. So we are still we are already not in those totally safe first four rivers anymore yeah we are in the deeper waters and herbalism and phytotherapy goes into those deeper waters and does things that you know you have to be trained to to do them so yeah i see myself to work mainly in those areas in the fourth and fifth uh, river of healing then if we go to the sixth river of healing it is take pharmaceuticals yeah it is take pills it is yeah highly refined you know i mean pharmaceutical drugs are really the extract you know i mean you could say of course it's also an extract if i put some herb into a tincture into alcohol and i make a tincture it's also a kind of extraction i'm not using the herb uh, in its natural form i'm in a way maybe yeah concentrating it you could say but pharmaceuticals are very different because it's literally one chemical molecule that is it was maybe it wasn't a plant you know i mean also antibiotics like penicillin comes from fungi and uh, other uh, plants and medicinal herbs that have had pharmaceuticals extracted out of them like the salicylates like the the aspirin from the willow bark or examples like that yeah this would be an example yeah you and, and usually those molecules are also slightly tweaked in the lab so I mean this is not the natural salicylin that uh, is present in the willow bark, but it is the salicylic acid and it's already a slightly tweaked molecule in the lab a pharmaceutical uh, Substance not a natural substance in this sense anymore So yeah, this is of course the area we know we know the pros and cons, you know we know that sometimes we have to go down that route and we have to uh, Think think it out well if it's necessary because there will be side effects. Yeah in this area we have almost always a big chance of side effects or we have the situation that we're only treating a symptom but we're not addressing the underlying cause so the problem actually persists and can aggravate and can get worse you know we're just yeah we're we're suppressing the headache with pain medication but we have not treated the the real origin and cause of the migraine of the person for example or we have given them hormone hormonal replacement therapy uh to treat the menopause or issues or whatever but we have not brought the hormones back into balance you know the the person will depend taking those or more hormones for having the desired effect and it's not that there is a cure yeah in the first four rivers of healing we are working only with those um, self-healing capacities of the body and the body will Bring itself back to health if we manage to do so if it's still the appropriate therapy with taking pharmaceuticals we often do not have that we just suppress the immune system we give the cortisone we give the analgesics we um, give the um, yeah whatever it is sleep pill or to knock somebody out I mean yeah this is already pretty brutal so we are restoring we're doing something good, but we're also at the same time eroding our health, and it becomes even more clear, of course, in the seventh river of healing, which uh, Susan Weed calls "destroy obstacles," and this is, of course, yeah, in the naturopathic um, scheme of therapeutic sequence, it's called the um, the intervention the inter yeah the the highest intervention in modern medicine that we have like uh, chemotherapy surgery radiation therapy you know i mean you're really you're literally radiating people with harmful uh, radiation that normally you know no no normal or healthy person would do this because we know it will have side effect it has side effect, you know, if you go into surgery, you know your body will be harmed in a way, you know There is a side effect. You will have Damage after the surgery, of course, you have the scar, you have the wound, you have to treat the wound, you have to heal And then you have to scar and everything or you will get the chemotherapy It will have other side effects and other damage in your body. This is 100% to be expected. There is No way of not having the side effects and only the benefits of the surgery chemotherapy or radiation therapy or also invasive Diagnostic methods that we have that will have a side effect or you know, you're also exposing yourself to radiation if you do the Mammography or other invasive diagnostic methods. So yeah, this is the seventh river of break and enter um, to literally just remove things and poison things in the body, poison the cancer with the chemotherapy and and other methods that are comparable. Yeah, and coming back to my point, what I said earlier, I do not like natural medicine to to be called alternative medicine or even complementary medicine. I mean, first, of course, this comes from the idea that modern medicine and and modern science is somehow superior and uh, natural healing is, if anything at all, it is just, you know, complementary or in the hierarchy kind of further down. Of course, it bears a bit of this arrogance of our current model but for current dominant model in a way but also in the end you know natural medicine can do things that modern medicine cannot do and of course also vice versa sometimes both can be complementary to each other sometimes not so um, yeah they are different things you know you as we saw this therapeutic sequence or the seven rivers of healing you have to know where you are you do not want to want want to use very invasive therapies if not necessary because they have side effects of course and they can do harm and you also do not want to apply only very gentle subtle uh, therapies if you have a very severe case that needs treatment you know and you you cannot get always the, the desired effects with very subtle gentle uh, natural therapies this is also clear on the other side so we have to just make our choices and know um, yeah where we're standing and what is appropriate for each case. So yeah, I hope that you like this episode a bit more theoretical maybe than normal. But you see, I mean this is kind of at the basis of of yeah of the understanding we need to develop around natural medicine and modern medicine and everything in between so yeah of course I was pushing here a bit my own agenda and I hope I got you more curious about herbs to learn more about herbalism and yeah just this richness of the whole herb that has a smell and a taste and you can touch it and you can use it in an undiluted form and unprocessed form or as unprocessed as possible of course in herbalism we also use extracts of all kinds and tinctures and capsules and um, extracts so of course there is a wide range of applications for that and don't forget this is our primal medicines medicine and it is still the primary medicine on this planet today I mean herbs is the medicine it is still the primary system of health care and prevention for most people on this planet it's also a thing we we can't forget so yeah i hope i got you curious to study more and yeah thank you for listening please reach out to me my email is tamara at herbalhelp net and i also have a youtube channel it's called herbal help by tamara so check that out and thank you so much for listening i'm looking forward to your feedback and yeah so please send me a message if you feel like and recommend this podcast to a friend this would be also amazing check out my other episodes here on the podcast to learn more about herbs and yeah listen in next time ciao see you next time